from the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I'm your host, Andrew Hansen, alongside Amber Servany. Amber, how are you? Good. Very good. Excited to be here today. When you booked this guest who we're about to speak with in a little bit, I was super excited for many reasons. But remember the movie Cool Runnings? For sure. That's oh, <laughs> I'm age appropriate for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. It is an all time classic. John Candy, the bobsled team from Jamaica. And lo and behold, we're going to talk to a bobsledder himself tonight. You might be thinking bobsled and Catholicism. We're going to get into all of that. He is Kurt Tomasevich. He is an Olympic gold medalist and a silver medalist. So I got that right, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, the updated list, yep. Because you had the gold and then you had a bronze, but then, you know, Russia got into their whole meddling or whatever they did, cheating. And so you had a, what year was that? Oh, you got it for bronze and then I got bumped up to silver? Uh, yeah. So the, the bronze medal that we were awarded at the time was 2014. Uh, and we're still in the process of receiving the, the silver medal. It's taken over five years for the belt to get straightened away. So I don't have the silver medal in hand, but hopefully by November I will have that. Oh my gosh. Well, you have an incredible story. So Kurt Tomasevich, he's joining us here on Dive Deep. Um, you are a Catholic speaker now. You've had quite the journey from Nebraska playing football, bobsledder. Now you're speaking. Uh, we're going to get a whole slew of, of conversation today about your journey and what your message is for people, especially uh, about Catholic spirituality. Um, so get us started here. Tell us about your journey of of day one to then how you ended up as a bobsledder and then winning gold medals. Yeah, I know. It's a pretty unique story, I guess, and I, I guess get that uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I grew up in Shelby, Nebraska, which is a town of 690 people. So pretty tiny, definitely an ag community. Uh, walked on at the University of Nebraska. Uh, practiced a lot, didn't play a whole lot. So uh, uh, got a lot of special teams action, but I knew I wasn't going to the NFL. So I decided to continue to try to stay in shape and find another sport. And uh, eventually I came across bobsled. So started with that in 2004. Went to three Olympics and made a 10-year career out of being a bobsledder. Retired from that in 2014. And now I'm a, an assistant professor at the University of Nebraska, and I, I teach engineering here. Quite the run. I, I got to ask really quick. Nebraska and bobsled. you kind of, you kind of just like, you know, I, I went from football and then I found bobsledding. I, I got to go a little bit. I mean, it's not like there's hills in Nebraska. It's not like there's bobsled slopes over there. If that's even the correct term. What, what's, yeah. what, what sparked it? What got you to bobsledding? Well, yeah. And I, I guess I'll say one of the misconceptions is, you know, you don't have to grow up bobsledding in order to, to be an elite bobsledder. My job as a push athlete, was basically, you know, I push for four or five seconds, jump and go for a ride. Um, it's a lot more complicated than that, but, you know, training for football and training for all sports growing up, I was, in a sense, training to be a push athlete. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to be around the mountains to do that. In fact, uh, for my 10 years of bobsledding, most of my teammates were not from mountain states. We were from all over the country, just, you know, didn't know we were bobsledders until we got a little bit older. So let's get into your journey a little bit more. So you you were doing the bobsledding. You 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 won some gold. You won you won a gold medal. Now of course you won the silver. You also have uh, medals from the world championship. Um, what was that like? What was that experience like? Describe bobsledding for us. Going down a slope at what ninety miles per hour, not knowing you could crash at any second, especially as a pusher. Uh, you got your head tucked in there, and you're not really knowing where where the journey is going to take you. 
Yeah, and again, growing up, I never thought I was going to be a bobsledder. I wasn't introduced to the sport until I was about 23 years old, and the everything that I've learned about the sport and how complicated it is, and you know, I I really kind of fall in love, fallen in love with this sport. Uh, the pure power it takes to push a sled, the technology behind the sleds, um, you know, in, in many ways, you know, science and technology is a whole branch of our sport that, you know, can be another topic of discussion sometime, but, uh, you know, and how to drive a bobsled. Um, it's not a simple task and it's much different than driving a car, uh, things like that, that all go into our sport. Uh, our season every year, not just one race every four years, but uh, our world cup season every year from November through March, we have races pretty much every weekend. And, uh, you know, that takes us again all over the world. Uh, only a couple tracks in the United States or in North America. And so with all that travel and, uh, you know, getting to, you know, do all kinds of really awesome things, it was a pretty incredible experience through it all. But, you know, the, the ride itself, as you mentioned, yeah, we get over 90 miles an hour on some tracks. And I'll tell you my very first bobsled trip, uh, all the way through my very last bobsled trip, every one of them was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and you never, you never get used to it. And it's, uh, it's always exciting. I say, especially when you're inside, so you're the pusher. So you just, you just tuck your head once you jump in and it's just, you, you, you can't even see, correct? You're just kind of holding on for dear life. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, we, you know, the timing and the push of everything of the, the push crew and the driver, you know, is really important. Once we jump in, uh, one of the misconceptions is maybe from the movie core running is that we <laughs> lean with every curve and, uh, we don't do that. Very rarely do we try to do anything in the back of the sled other than just go with the curve. It's kind of like a, a passenger of a motorcycle, right? So you don't, you don't want them doing the leaning and the steering. So you just try to be smooth and, and still in the back of the sled. So, so cool runnings. We, we talked about that really quick F- <laughs> fan of the movie. Uh, for the most part, yeah, there's again, some, some misconceptions and, you know, some people think that I have a, a lucky egg that I carry around with me or you know, things like that. So yeah. we don't practice in the bathtub or anything like that. Okay. All right. So now f- <laughs> fast forward to us, uh, to today, um, what you're doing today, because you obviously were bobsledder, uh, gold medalist, and now you're talking Catholicism. You go out and, and, and you're a Catholic speaker. What drew you to that? Take us to your, your your spiritual journey, especially from bobsledding to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, beginning day one, you know, a small farming community of Shelby, you know, you know, when these communities were settled, you know, they settled in family groups and that sort of thing. And so there's a, a huge Catholic population in Shelby, percentage-wise. And so it was a part of my, my growing up. You know, most of the community was Catholic, and that's just how, how life was, I guess. And then I got to, to college, and you know, like any undergraduate, you know, you, you tend to stray away sometimes and, and it's hard to, to find your own path. But luckily I had some, some good friends in the Newman Center here at the University of Nebraska. kept me close to my faith. Um, went off to bobsled and it wasn't as easy to, to stay a devout Catholic, but as much as I could, found a way to, to keep that as a part of my weekly and even daily routine. But, uh, yeah, in many ways, it's not easy, you know, going through life transitions and traveling the world and that sort of thing and still trying to stay faithful. Um, and, you know, I was able to realize how important it was to me through sports, through my job now. And so as much as I can, yeah, I still try to, to share my faith and, and grow my own faith personally. 
Kurt, would you say there was one thing that kind of kept your faith close to you or something that you were able to do that allowed you to kind of uh, venture through this path and um, keep faith close to you. I mean, most, a lot of athletes, we don't, we don't think of people being, you know, devoutly faithful other than maybe the sign of the cross after they score something. Um, but, yeah. but it's critical. So what was it? Was there a thing that you did that kind of kept it close to you? Uh, interesting question. I don't know if it'd be one thing, but I can think of an example, I guess, uh, of at least one time where I, I realized how important my faith was. And that was honestly the, the danger of our sport. Um, when a bobsled crashes, you know, we flip upside down, you know, we fall onto the, you know, rock hard ice and, uh, and then we still slide for, you know, however long the track is, we still get to the bottom of the hill. And, uh, so bobsled crashes are not gentle. They're not easy. And it's a, again, the terrifying part of our sport. And so I realized that, you know, praying for safety is going to be something that I, I'm going to need to do in order to survive, uh, my bobsled career. And so, I got into a routine of praying for my safety, for my teammates' safety, and that sort of thing is going down the track and, uh, you know, before a race and that sort of thing. So that's in one way where it started, I guess. I always knew that I was doing something very dangerous. And so, you know, that's uh, the best time to, to have the influence of God in your faith in what you're doing. And so that's definitely one aspect that, uh, that I you know, brought my faith in. So you you obviously are doing some public speaking now about your Catholic faith, but when you were bobsledding, was it something that you talked to your teammates about? Was it something you always, you know, people just understood that your Catholic faith was part of your life and you were verbal about? Uh, I'll say, unfortunately, no. Um, you know, looking back, maybe it's kind of one thing I regret is not being more open about my faith, but I was very personal and very private about it. Um, I didn't have many Catholic teammates, and so I didn't see that as an opportunity to share my faith, but that shouldn't have been a reason why. And I looked back, and I thought, maybe I should have just had a more open discussions with my teammates, and who knows where that would have gone. Um, and I didn't just have three teammates. Uh, you know, our, our U.S. program is several, uh, you know, dozens of athletes, I guess, that we mix in and out for USA 1, 2, and 3. So, you know, it's the influence of quite a few people, male and female, too on the, the national team. Yeah. I think actually what you but, just described was what a lot of us face, right? It's, it's diff- Our faith is very personal. It's very difficult to step outside that little comfort zone, so to speak, and then start talking about our faith publicly. But obviously you've done that. Um, so what, what was that? What was, what did that look like? And what made you decide now it's time to, to talk about my faith publicly? Yeah. You just hit the, the nail on the head right there. I, I realized that, yeah, it is time and I, I should have been more open and I'm trying to make up for lost time in some ways of doing that now, but I was asked to do a number of speeches, a number of talks, um, not faith-based to grade schools, to rest homes, to, you know, corporate events, all kinds of things that come with, you know, being an Olympic medalist. And I got to thinking if I'm going to be sharing my story, I should be sharing this part of my story, my, my faith as well. And so uh, oftentimes now I do get that opportunity, not just to talk about bobsled, but talk about my, bobsled life and how my faith played a, a huge role in that. And, you know, some of the things that I've taken away from my 10 years of experience there and, and what it has led to. Kurt, what, what advice do you have for parents nowadays? Because we're, we're, we're in this culture where, where sports kind of takes over our lives, especially on Sundays uh, where practices are happening, games are happening. Um, and I think, you know, let's be honest, uh, some parents are choosing 
sports over going to mass. So when you're speaking to these, these families, these students, what is your message for them about the balance between practicing and games and attending mass and making sure your spiritual life is always ahead of the sports? Yeah, it's, it's complicated, right? You know, the priority level, you know, should be faith, family and, you know, everything else, but it doesn't always seem to, to fall in line or be convenient that way. And, you know, many times I'm in mass on Sundays and, you know, there's kids with uniforms on because they have a game right after mass or whatever. And, you know, for a moment I'm thinking, oh, that's great that they still found time to come to church, but it, it should be the opposite. You know, it's like go to church and okay, maybe if there's time, you know, we'll have sports and, and that and other things on Sunday, I guess. And uh, it's, you know, I can't pretend to tell parents, you know, the, the best way to, to raise their kids, but, you know, keeping those priorities and helping your, your kids understand those priorities, you know, it's not an easy thing to do in today's culture. It's it's almost as if, you know, a Sunday is just another day to uh, to cram in more things other than your faith. So when you go out to speak at these corporate events and you speak to schools and if you I said, Kurt, what's the one takeaway? What, 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 what's your message? What, what do you want to really drive home with for folks? Uh, different groups. I, you know, I try to flip in different messages, you know, especially if the event has a theme, of course, but you know, when I am giving faith-based talks, uh, a lot of times, you know, I try to compare going down in a bobsled, you know, kind of as if you're going through life, you know, there's a lot of unknown curves. You, if you don't know what's going to happen, there's a lot that's out of your control, especially as a push athlete in the back of the sled. I don't have control of, of the, the driving in the front of the sled. And again, putting my hands or putting my faith in, in God's hands or whatever happens, you know, I, I surrender to him and, and, uh, and I react off of that and, and try to be the, the best person I can be in those situations, I guess. And that's, you know, knowing that most people I talk to are not going to try bobsled, they're not going to experience it. You know, at least they can, you know, kind of picture that type of uh, analogy and kind of apply that in their life. Now, Kurt, you are a professor, you said, now at the University of Nebraska, right? Yep. So you are with college kids, which is, you know, a huge demographic that's, you know, pulling away from the church. Um, do your students know um, know that you're talking about your Catholic faith? Do they know that you're a bobsledder? Do they love that about you? Um, <laughs> does it allow you to kind of reach this group of people who really needs to hear about things like sports and faith? Um, it's interesting, I guess. In many ways, you know, I'm still very personal about my my faith and and even my background. Uh, on first day of class, oftentimes I'll tell my students, you know, my education background, where I'm from, and oh yeah, I spent 10 years on a bobsled team and and I just continue to go forward and, and get ready for class. And, you know, some of the students kind of look at each other like, you know, what did, what did he just say? You know, they don't know my story, but, uh, um, but like, you know, I don't we're in the, want They'll be that. like, professor, we're, we're in Nebraska. Wait, say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I don't always, you know, put that upon them to, you know, to respect that part of my past. And I want them to, to know me as their teacher more, you know, first and foremost, but, um, outside of class, you know, I, many times I do go to the, to the Catholic parish here on campus and, you know, I'm still involved with, uh, you know, even the priests that were around, I guess, when I was a, a student here too, you know, 15 years ago or more. And so, you know, I still see my students that way. And it's kind of fun sometimes to be in mass and, you know, make eye contact with one of my students and you can see it click like, Oh, wow. He, you know, he comes to mass here too. And, 
you know, and then it opens up conversations and that sort of thing. But, you know, as a professor, I'm, I don't know if the word is allowed or not, but, you know, I, I don't impose my faith or even my political views on my students. You know, I, many times I, and I want them to decide everything for themselves and, you know, finding their own path and, and their faith is, is part of that. You're getting back to bobsledding, uh, Kurt, describe crashing. And uh, do you remember that, that first crash you had or the first serious crash and, you know, when it happened and what was going through your mind as you're tumbling down the bobsled track? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my very first crash was a, a couple of weeks after I joined the bobsled team. Uh, I was in Lake Placid, New York. Um, there's 20 curves on that track. And I think we crashed right out of curve five. Oh, and so that meant sliding on my head for wow. about 30 or 40 seconds, you know, before the sled came to a stop. And, uh, yeah, we crashed and, you know, it's pretty violent, pretty loud. And I remember having the time, and maybe I'm kind of proud of this reaction. I had the time to say about three and a half Hail Marys before the, the sled came to a stop. <laughs> yeah. The very um, fact that you're <laughs> praying as you're sliding down a track is phenomenal. If that isn't Catholic, well, we always, I love it. <laughs> well, we always joke that there's two things that we do in the back of the sled. You know, some people ask, you know, are you communicating? Are you talking? And we always say that the two things we're doing is either praying or swearing. So that's about <laughs> it. it reminds me of me. See, see when, I, when I work out, you know, you're supposed to go one, two. I actually just say Hail Mary. So I'm like, I got to do like six Hail Marys. And that's how many get, however many push-ups I do in six Hail Marys, that's how many I do. So I go off of Hail Marys versus numbers. I love that. You're sliding down the track yeah, praying. <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't know. I didn't have it. Uh, it wasn't preconceived or anything like that. It just kind of was, was my reaction. So, 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 um, but yeah, I probably in, in 10 years, I was probably in two dozen crashes too. And, you know, some of them I remember, unfortunately, some of them I don't, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> scary, but uh, um, yeah, everyone was, hell on earth in a way. <laughs> so to kind of wrap things up, so, uh, you know, from bobsledding uh, to now, to now giving talks, um, what do you want people to know, uh, about the faith and, and how to live their life, especially in such a, a busy time of sports and, you know, I, I got to get to the top. I got to do everything I can to get to the top. Uh, what do you want people to know? Uh, and maybe it, it took me getting to the top to be able to say this, but I, I, hope that I'd be the, the same person, you know, finishing last place or, or winning a gold medal, but being on top and being the best athletes in the world and that sort of thing, it doesn't change who you are. And, you know, unfortunately people don't realize that many times in, until it's too late. So, you know, being a Catholic and being faithful and being just a, a good person should be the priority, you know, and, you know, that means making athletic sacrifices. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, instead of, you know, buying the best sporting equipment, you know, the, the best plates for, you know, your, your son or daughter, you know, maybe that means, you know, seeing that they're sacrificing those top-notch cleats to, to donate to the church or to give something to the poor, or maybe even just, you know, giving those shoes to a teammate or something like that, you know, being a good person in many ways involves sports and, uh, and you can use that platform, but, you know, sacrificing your faith to be a better athlete or, you know, to have more fun in sports, uh, that's backwards. It shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be that way. Kurt, do you ever get in a bobsled still? Or are you, are you, did you put away your bobsled <laughs> shoes, so to speak? <laughs> well, there's, there's not a whole lot of recreational bobsled, you know. And there's, there's only two tracks in the United States as well. Um, but I have been down a few times. We have, you know, some uh, 
alumni events and that sort of thing. So I, I have been down a, a couple times since 2014, but uh, for the most part, yeah, my bobsled days are, are well behind me. And you're, you're still involved. Are you still involved with the U.S. Olympic team? Uh, I'm still on the selection committee, actually, to to help pick the next World Championship teams, World Cup teams, and Olympic teams moving forward. I'm, I'm the uh, kind of the athlete representative on the committee to make sure it's a fair process and that sort of thing. Gotcha. All right. So for more information, if people want more, more information about you or about your speaking engagements, where do they go? Um, Mid-America Speakers Bureau is one place, um, but, you know, they can also contact me directly through Facebook or, um, you know, any kind of, uh, I have a, a web page as well that I, you know, use too. So, um, you know, using the, the power of the internet, uh, there's many ways to, to get a hold of me, but Mid-America Speakers Bureau is, is probably the, the first way. Excellent. He is Kurt Tomasevich. She's an Olympic gold medalist. He is a Catholic speaker, an incredible story. Kurt, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you, Yeah, my pleasure. Great to talk to you guys. You got it. That has been Dive Deep. For more podcasts, just go to divedeepdio.org slash videos. That is where all our podcasts are at. We'll see you next time.